Hello, guys. Welcome back to our ninth episode of the Winner's Circle with Anthony Furman and Nicholas Camby, where losers go home and winners win because of the most prepared. Anthony, how are you on this great Saturday night? Doing great, Nicholas. I feel I feel fantastic. Are we really nine episodes in already? Yes, I believe the wow. nine episode. And then we're going to be at ten coming next. So maybe and then, a super special next episode. And then two years from now, Spotify gives us a fifty million dollar deal. You say fifty? Yeah, fifty million from Spotify. Peanuts. We want we want more. More? Don't get yeah. greedy on me, man. Winners we, aren't greedy. But we, we we but we know what we we deserve. So we're going to ask. <laughs> know your worth. Yes, we're going to push. Yeah, here we go. Um, but Anthony, who do we have on for today? We have f- not not former, right? Would it be former or what? How do we call? How do we refer to each other? I'm the I, I'm the reigning. You guys will be the former. Are we former though? Because we, we didn't lose it. Neither him nor, nor I. A a a world champion. All right. Well, we're gonna have 105 kilogram world champion from 2017, Andrew Clayton on. Um, on top of that, he's a very accomplished athlete across multiple sports. He did he dabbled in the ultra running for a while. Um, he's done CrossFit challenges. He's a bodybuilding show. He's just very talented across the the powerlifting, Olympic lifting. powerlifting, Olympic lifting. Yeah, breadth of the sports, and like he's won some big things. He's a heavyweight pro um, in strongman core, middleweight pro in strongman core. Uh, he's competed at both of America's Strongest Men um, worlds, and he's he was what half an elbow hair away from blocking out a 440 axle at 105 that, yeah, that year. Exactly. Like he was very impressive. He bumped up the giants live, um, you know, he was, and then a little bit of an injury happened, kind of had to reevaluate, but yeah, Andrew Clayton's one of the most impressive strongman athletes, honestly. And he did that most of that before 30. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he started, he was like 15 or some <laughs> shit, but like when you look at the body work, I, it's hard to find somebody that's done as much. That's him. So, so we're excited to have Andrew on. So we're going to talk. Um, of course, gonna that was for the people him. that didn't know who he was. By the way, I, I know you knew. <laughs> so we're going to we're going to dig in, um, but we're also going to but we're going to start off the show. So as a former 105, he also understands the scene and what it takes to win. So he's going to give us our prediction. So we're going to everybody's going to go around talking about uh, top five um, 105 Americans how they're going to do in the year of 2022. Of course, exception of Anthony and I. And also five honorable mention people and anybody else they they want to mention in there. So we're gonna and then we're gonna do five of you we want to see lose. No, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, you're being too positive. It was hurt. It was harsh in my vibe. I, I like that. I like that. We <laughs> we can do it after. <laughs> um, and then um, and then a couple of announcements and things on my end. Um, so um, spoke to Michael uh, Colatorti. He called us out for uh, messing up his last name, but he said we get a good try. So, Cole Authority. Cole Authority. Cole Authority. With the tortellini so, and the oh, ragu. Oh, it was fine <laughs> with the ragu. But, yeah, hopefully that makes up for it. And then, uh, again, thanks for everybody for coming to uh, my first overhead seminar um, last week in the top strength. So, great success. Three hours of um, coaching, demonstrating, uh, drilling. So uh, many more to come. I'm trying to try to do maybe one a month for for a little bit. So keep your ass peeled. How'd you like that, Nick? Uh, I enjoyed it. I just yeah. need to pace myself a little bit because the demonstrating and the talking can be exhausting. So at points, I caught myself very out of breath. So why why don't we talk? Why don't we look at um. If you book some gyms across the country, we can do the strength league thing too. If you want, if you want to go outside the northeast, 
we will we will definitely spread out. So I'm just right now just getting getting the groundwork going. Yeah. So when we get when we go on tour, I'm gonna have a great final product. So there we go. Probably by the eighth or ninth, I'm gonna be ready to go. Yeah, we'll take you on tour. Hell yeah. <laughs> Ooh, strengthly tour, tour bus. I'm just saying we have athletes all different, across the country. Different we could city just, every every yeah, day, every we night. Could just, we could just go to like the cities where our coaches are in and do seminars in their city Ooh. all across the country. Wow. How cool. And then um and then personally I started uh Clash on the Coast finals training, which is because we are twelve weeks out. Um exactly as you ain't gotta tell me. Yeah, so <laughs> we're excited, a lot of preparation. It's, everybody's going. So but we still have one more um qualifier to go in New Jersey. Um yeah, Rahway. Mm-hmm. It's actually a really good venue. Um, it's indoors. It's convention centers type uh, near the city hall. Everything's right there. The hotel's right there. Uh, Johnny did a great job setting this up so far. So I'm very happy with how things are moving for Joyzy. Joyzy. Well, everybody's going to be there. The situation's going to be there. Snooky, Wow. Yeah, you guys get to see the, how Ronnie's only five foot two. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but no, no sure. But Andrew Clayton's here. Any, uh, any words before we bring him on? No, just as always, you know, if you if you like it, share it, give us your feedback in the comments, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We're here because we love it and we love most of you. Yes, and make make sure you check out Anthony's page. He's he's been muscle cleaning up to three three fifteen for three, which is no small feat. So no small feat. Are you trying to be an Olymp- Olympian, Anthony? Or you the, just... the, the Olympics couldn't handle me. Ooh, that's that's too what they big said. for the Olymp- I'm too big for the Olympics. You heard it here. And we're back in uh, part two. We have Andrew Clayton. Um, we have Andrew Clayton and Sebastian. Uh, for you guys that don't know Andrew Clayton, um, of course, he was one of the um, one of the few athletes to earn a 105 kilo and a heavyweight pro card. Um, he's your former 2017 World's Strongest Man, 105 kilo. He also won in 2018 the OSG Open winner, um, Giants Live athlete, um, Arnold International competitor, uh, former Axel holder and then the current american circus dumbbell holder still um and we have andrew clayton so andrew thank you for coming on glad to be on and sebastian's pretty stoked too it's yeah, a little past new dog dad. <laughs> sort of dog brother dog brother dog brother that's right he likes you the best it seems yeah definitely well that's awesome um it, you know of course it's been a tough uh right now we have, you see my background's been in the winter here in uh boston so we got dumped on in terms of snow um, so it's been a tough day for Maya, but yeah, she's out kind of curled up because it's yeah. shivering out, but she doesn't have a cool, is that Keisha, the Jamie's right for the, for your dog, for Sebastian? Yeah, he's got a little sweater. He kind of likes it. I mean, he basically gets to do whatever he wants, you know, he can crap it wherever in the house he wants because he can somehow manage to get away with it. <laughs> and all dogs are so, spoiled. Enjoy those trailer. years. Yeah. But, uh, but, but Andrew, um, yeah, we, we have a nice agenda for, for today. So I gave everybody a little homework. Um, people coming up with the top five 105-kilo uh, athletes that you think will perform the best across the 2022 season. Um, also, it's an honorable mention and anybody else that want to bring up. Um, and also, we're going to go through, of course, Andrew's career. So, um, Anthony, um, would you like to – actually, let's start off with you. Do you want to start off with your top five? Um, and then we'll go with Clayton, and then I'll, I'll finish it up. You want you want the whole top five? I want your top. Uh, you can start with honorable mention and then go with your top five athletes. Okay, so the audible mentions I have in no particular order um, that I see on the fringe of having like a really breakout year, or a good, good, really good year. Um, Jeff Lee, 
I think he's, you know, you know, a lot of this depends on the, their personal lives and their professional lives and how much time they have to dedicate. But Jeff Lee's one is if he can find time to dedicate, I think he can really, really win some big shows. Um, Bob Schwantz. So he was impressive at Clash this year. Um, he had a little bit of a step backwards at Nationals. But if he's if he's in shape, I think he's at the point now where he's competed enough where he's kind of knocked out some of those jitters that prevent him sometimes from doing well. So I got him to look out for. Anthony San Lorenzo. Um, we had a nice combo with him, and he seems to be have his mind, you know, ready, and he, he knows what he wants to do. So it's going to be exciting to see him put all that together for the second straight year. Mark Jones, if he can commit to the 105 class, I think he could do some real damage. He's so athletic and so ungodly strong. Um, if he were to commit to the 105 class, he'd be a threat at any show to anybody. Yeah, it's, it's sounded like that uh, OSG might have been his last uh, 90 kilo show. So I hope so. I really do because you know he, he he's he's impressive at 105. But any body weight with some of his lifts. And the last one is Sammy Pape. He's a very young kid out of Nashville. Um, I've seen him compete now. I think it's nationals and the clash just happened and he's very impressive um, especially for being so young in the sport I think I think he has a chance to have a breakout year um, he's right on the edge you know he has athleticism nailed so that's the tough part and it just takes time to get strong yeah big log fast yoke yep mm-hmm. yep so that was my honorable mentions do you want the top five yeah, too give us your top five all right again no particular order but I think these guys are going to have a big year um, Richie Mochikamba he is, you know, he came, he stormed last year at Clash and he got hurt, unfortunately. But I think him coming back healthy, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Michael Connor, um, another one that got hurt, but th- the way he kind of obliterated everyone almost at uh, Clash was pretty pretty amazing. Very strong lifts. I got Dan Hughes. Um, he put it all together for Nationals, and he's just kind of continuing that upward trajectory. So I think he has some potential to place very highly in a lot of these shows. And then, of course, Justin Loy, uh, you know, the guy that almost prevented you from winning the title. Almost. You know, he, um, I'm saying, like, he was he was right there neck and neck with you. Um, and if he can just keep that going, man, I don't see – he's big. He's got the frame. The hard part for him, for him is going to be continue to be within cutting distance just because as you mature, put on more muscle, you get heavier. Um, and Jesse Nelson. Jesse Nelson is, again, he's fixed – not, I wouldn't say totally fixed, but he's shored up some of his deficiencies. Um, and he's doing better than ever. And I just love to see he's one of the nicest guys too. So, but uh, I, yeah, I think he's on the precipice of taking a, taking a big win home this year. All right, cool. That's a, that's a great list. So uh, Andrew, you're, you're up. What's Give your list? list? Well, no, it's, it's, it's your time. I, I have my list, but of course it's. Camby likes to be dramatic and go last. Yes, exactly. Yeah, but like when we, when we talked about it, we, I said you aren't going to guess my top five, but then if you go last year, it's going to change your top five to my top. Five. I'm not. Gonna, I promise I won't. I promise I won't change my top five. I actually got to tell you which ones are similar and which ones I have. Well, why, why don't you just go in and tell me, and then and then, and then we'll compare. Sure, them. I can. I, all right. Well, of course, I'll go next, and then as our guest, you can go. You can, you can hey, let the out. let the guest have it last, man. Come all on. Right, all right. You're um, so greedy. Sure. I just. <laughs> So I have my kind of my, I'll start with my kind of special mentions. Um, and I think they're kind of like right at the cusp. Um, right now I have Tommy Sharp in the mix. So Tommy's not quite, um, I wouldn't normally in any other year, probably would have him in my probably top five, but right now he's kind of battling some injuries, but he also, also has a plan to kind of make a road back into kind of 
uh, competing at a high level. I think he's starting with a local show. Might might do like U.S. Nationals and then go th- that direction for requalifying for Clash. Um, another special mention, I have Chad Curian. Um, Chad does one show a year at the Equal Course Lifestyle. Of course, loves hunting, the wilderness and all. Of course, father, um, family, kids. Um, but every show he does is he's pretty spectacular. So second this past year, um, took fourth. Um, at OSG back in 2019, um, I think he's been in the top 10 in the Arnold uh, twice as already. So if he shows up to the show, he's always going to be a, in the a guarantee at least top five. Um, Very good one. That's a good one, Nick. And thank you. And then I have um, a special mention. I have Josh Isley. So um, Isley just broke the stone record. Great athlete. Um, pressing is the only thing that's keeping him out of the honorable mention. And of course, the top five. But that and maybe seeing more competitions. I think he, we saw him a couple times, um, but hopefully if he gets out more, I think he's going to, um, of course, kind of continue the upward trend he's, he's been on. Um, so honorable mention, no particular order here. Um, I have just Jesse Nelson. So um, Jesse, of course, did great the last couple um, super series shows. Um, so if, took a fourth and also a second against all against kind of great competitors. So he looks he's, like he's back in the trend of kind of competing regularly. Um, I have Tyler young. So of course, our boy Tyler. So Tyler's pretty stacked across in terms of um, the different, um, I would say different events, um, super static. Um, so generally a lot of events, if especially five events in a contest, he's very great at pressing and deadlift. So generally, 40% of the events he's going to be doing pretty well. So if the events line up, he can be a pretty big threat going forward. Um, we have our boy, Jeff Lee. So Jeff Lee earned himself a bronze or ASM um, looking to compete in New Jersey class on the coast. So it looks like he's competing more often. We did see a big hiatus, but if maybe it wasn't for the hiatus, he'd be kind of higher on the list, but again, great to see him back. Um, I also have Anthony San Lorenzo in my honorable mention. So, Again, on that upward trend, um, very static. Um, of course, been gaining a lot of confidence. Um, winner, of course, on the class of the Rockies, so and also a guest of our show. So um, he's obviously going to be one to watch for. And then, uh, then I have uh, James Deffenbaugh. Um, as long as James stays healthy, um, he's he's a super threat, especially throughout the year. He's always he's great to get to a podium spot. He might make it to. Um, of course, other contests, but I think what keeps him from almost podium every contest is, of course, staying healthy. So he's yeah. been battling that for the last three years. But again, if James is healthy, enter a contest, he's always going to be he's always going to be dangerous. Agreed. Ooh. Yeah, you're going at it hard, man. We think so. I got to get ready for the top five. <laughs> so top five at number five, we have, of course, Mr. Michael Connor. So. Mike with a recent win. Um, I think the bicep injury, of course, kept him a little bit from his growth, but right now he's back on track. He's, um, I disagree. I, I talked with about this. Mike is a classic case of the gift of injury. Ooh. Okay. Cause he, I've never seen him so mentally in a show before as he was at clash. I think he needed that. I think he needed that break and a chance to kind of assess and rebuild and get confident in his body again. To be what honest. does the gift of injury mean? Is that usually a good thing? Yeah, so but the theory behind it is it's a, it's a, it turns out to be a gift because it forces you to address things that led up to it and, and enhances your – a lot of times enhances your ability afterwards. Not everyone's got the same injury there, Andrew. 
No, I thought the no, no, because that that's a book by Brian Carroll, and I just it just reminded me of like some of the minds that he had and how it changed. And I I don't know. I think that title is an interesting title, but sorry. Yeah, Ooh, I think it's okay. it's an inter- it's an interpretive title. It could I think more names. Yeah, that's that same folks. and it it's probably copyrighted, so you know you're probably gonna get sued for using it. So. <laughs> what are you gonna do good thing we don't make any money on this <laughs> but uh um, sorry but that focus is nowhere is that focus that like mike o'connor had at that last contest i also saw that when he did the a local competition in rhode island right after um clash of 2021 so you know but right now he's he's rowing back and we have a of course a great um 12 week prep kind of lined up to of course really hit hard but he's gonna i think he's gonna compete pretty regularly so i think we could see him at three or four shows um, this year. So someone else I think is gonna, also going to compete regularly is going to be on number four on my list is Mr. Dan Hughes. Uh, not because he likes to build a lot of Legos is because he's been, you know, he's been working hard. I think he's been doing a lot of little things that you need to do. Um, he's pretty consistent uh, off the board, but I think we're going to see Dan probably um, I can see Dan in a few podium spots, but he's always going to probably be like at least top five every show he yeah. um, competes at. Uh, number three, I have, uh, of course, Richie Mushigamba. Um, Richie, of course, had a great clash. Um, his knee kind of recovery was a tough thing, but um, even his last few performances from the, before there, um, before clash, you had nationals where he took third. Yeah. Um, and then he competed at the, he was right on the cusp. Um, and a lot of Arnold international um, competition when it, of course, was at the Arnold Classic. For, so for the most part, he's always in the conversation. But I think we're going to see a kind of roaring back with Richie. So I expect uh, Richie, and that's why I have him on my number three. Um, so the only guy that you didn't have your top five, Anthony, so who I have in my number two is Michael Cogden. So Mike competes often. Damn, no, you're, that's a good one. Yeah, Mike competes often. He was also a guest. Um, I think he's gonna be crazy. He's been great at moving. He's been reaching out, getting more, um, more coaching. Of course, working with like Tyler Young, getting that static strength up. So I see Cogden um, if he competing often and potentially winning some of these shows as well. Yeah. Um, but number one, I have our boy Justin Loy. So yeah. he's a big yeah. He's a big. So even right though now. you know you, you would think he, potentially he'd be. Um, of course, the the chosen maybe me the chosen since he's probably youngest, just took third bronze at OSG. Um, but I just still see a lot of kind of like raw strength and just um, untapped potential with Justin. So yeah, that's why he's um, I think a number one right there. And again, my criteria I based that off of was um, the ability to compete often, the ability to do well in the competitions, and then to stay healthy. So that yeah. was that was my criteria. So that's what I have. So Mr. Clayton. You can take it away. So it, it's five and five because I don't know if I'm going to have five for honorable mention. I honestly am so like disconnected from strongman from, right now. But from what you've seen, who impresses you? What do what do you think? Who, well, I'm, who's I'm going to go a little bit different. Well, that's the thing. I just don't see it. I just choose not to look at it. So I feel like I'm just going to be naming people that aren't as uh, active or or whatnot. Um, so I guess I kind of answered the question the wrong way. But I wasn't about to like scour like instagram for like hours and hours to figure out all these athletes but um i'll give like three or four um so my criteria what i thought when i interpreted the question was like who who's actively training or capable of being good at 105 not necessarily like currently in 105 uh can they make weight do they have history of being being competitive Uh, it's not that i don't think 
uh, being able to compete often is a, is a skill, but like, this is going to sound like a really mean thing to say, but like, if you hit a two, a two fifty log every day for a year, that doesn't matter if you can't hit a three fifty once a week, you know what I mean? Like there's at yeah. some point competing too like so often isn't really an accomplishment. If it's not like super, super like heavy weights or high competition, I'm not saying the class years, I'm saying in general, you know, like if you do like amateur shows for heavyweight, local shows those might not be very difficult so i can't necessarily say that's i I, I would say it's more the competitive aspect with high level athletes um and then i'm probably gonna be biased more towards the people i competed with because i know them better so for my um honorable mentions uh i do have jeff lee in there because i know he's a great athlete so i haven't really kept up with him as much uh but i know he can do a lot uh i also have chad in there because shoot he got second place at OSG. So I was there. I watched that. Again, I wasn't really following. I didn't have any athletes of my own in, uh, in 105. Um, uh, <laughs> a Terry Ratty is an honorable mention uh, because if he wanted to, he could. He might sneak, <laughs> he might sneak through. He's, he's been picking up some weights. He's been yeah. getting an itch. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah he's getting, he's getting itched. All right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but the, those are the three that kind of like stood out as honorable mentions because I kind of have my top five, um, which are going to be interesting. Um, I guess I'll save the number one, but I guess the other ones are in no particular order. Uh, again, I'm biased towards people I've competed with or seen compete. But if Sean DeMarais wanted to come back, he could definitely come back within six months. Uh, you already saw Adam Dirks do the stone. So like clearly he can already do that. Uh, somebody we forget in 105 because he's at World Strongest Man is Kevin Ferris. So if he is like, stopped eating at a gas station <laughs> food and like just didn't train for like a month. He'd probably like deflate enough to make weight. You think, uh, is he, a, is he a here? No, I, I'm just saying, I know it's hard for him to put weight on. So I, mm-hmm. in the past I've seen him. Kevin will eat whatever he has to eat. Yeah. Put, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not knocking his diet. I'm just mm-hmm. saying like, he literally could just like chill out for like a month of eating like three or four meals a day. And he would just be like, yeah, you know, back to two six. He, that's not he, knocking him. I'm just yeah. saying like, he would be able to be super lean tight and be able, and then just make weight. So like he's basically just at two ninety, and it's it's because he's been doing this for like four oh, years straight now. Mm-hmm. Oh, is he two ninety? Well, shoot, I was two ninety in November, so like, I mean, it's not that yeah, hard to like, deflate. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like he's been working for like four years to get that heavy. No, right, <laughs> yeah. right. And I'm saying if he had to work that hard, he's going to deflate even faster than I would because I am a fat ass. Um, uh, and then Zach Hodge, because um, even though. I've talked to him numerous times. He, he doesn't want to go back to middleweight. Like he's really not that much over the edge. And he's another one of those guys who like, it's hard for him to eat and get his weight up. Um, and then the number one spot, which nobody said, any guesses? Are you going to Zach? Are you going Zach McCarley route? Absolutely. <laughs> because no one no. can outwork Zach McCarley. I, the guy could start training like a week out from the show and he'd just outwork everybody. See, Oh, but the, Oh, but the weights are heavier. And I've heard that argument. And I just, I just disagree. I just, unless it's like literally thousand pound yoke, but I've seen him do a thousand pound yokes. So it's like, it would have to be a show tailored to this era of maxing out log, maxing out deadlift, maxing out stone and having no athleticism. But if you give any athleticism, he's smashing it. And he's going to do it in chucks and loose knee sleeves. And then he's going to eat like, like you know half a sandwich an apple and a gatorade all day he's, he's just gonna blow you away i mean that, I, i'm sorry but no no he was so he's he was before my time a little bit but i've heard nothing <laughs> but like i've not heard nothing but that from everyone that came before me what you okay, just so, said is all i hear from anybody about him 
so because I had to make this list, I wanted to just kind of share because uh, with the whole era now of, of 105 being what's 30 people were at Clash? I don't remember. Was it 30? Um, it's like 30, it's like 30, 30 to 35. Okay, so yeah, about 30. So that, that's a lot to have in one show, uh, which is a good job. Um, but of course, once you're there, you like, you think like, um, oh, I don't even know what the, I'm sorry, I'm tired. The bias of it is like, oh, hey, we're at this big show. Like, we kind of forget the people that came before us, like who we're standing on. Yeah. So like Zach McCarley, like he wasn't even that uh, much over, over the weight class. He almost won a heavyweight pro card in nationals. He just didn't beat Casey Garrison. That's it. And that's like, you know, 60 because they had all the, uh, all the middleweight pros mixed in. So it was like 50 or 60 people almost wins the whole show. And then like, there were times he came back from injury and within like four or six weeks, won a show. And there's times that he posted training where he's like, I eat an apple and then I go train and I train for like four hours. I'm like, really? You sustain yourself on, on an apple for, and like, he's not bullshitting. So I, I just don't think anyone can, you know, the, the, the one story I have, and this will be the last story about him is I was at an, uh, I did the Arnold amateur and he competed and that seer, that type of contest is not as good for, you know, you know, it's heavier. So he didn't do as well, but another uh, middleweight pro uh, also didn't do very well uh, because he didn't have really good grip strength. And I remember saying something or, or somehow his ex, his name came up and the guy's like, yeah, I bet he can't even squat like, like 545 or 500. And like that may or may not have been true at the time. But like, if you take like one plate off the bar, like if it goes from like 500 to 495, then Zach McCarley does 20 reps. Cause you can just, you know what I mean? So like, that's the type of strongman I would be afraid to go against. Uh, and that's the same thing like the Zach Hodge, Adam Dirks, Kevin Ferris, and Sean is like, those guys are just going to like find a way to win or they're going to break themselves. So yeah. that's why I picked those top five. Those top five. And that's not an insult to any of the current guys. It's just, I literally no. don't know. I like, like how this – And I just don't even – I don't watch their yeah. stuff. I, don't I, I like how this turned out. We, got a, <laughs> we have a lot of good uh, info just now on what current past 105s and history. That was good. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, so we also want to get glimpse into – of course, Andrew Clayton. Um, and the common question from a lot of our fans and people um, that asked us when, when, of course, you were coming on is that, um, of course, you had a lot of huge. Well, I bring Sebastian. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you had a lot of huge weight cuts in your career. Um, there was, and, of course, they were pretty complex, um, upwards of like over two, six, 260 pounds, cutting to uh, 231. So give us a little insight of. Um, some of those weight cuts, um, of course, the OSG in 2017. I know that was a good, a good weight cut. Um, I know you came in a little gray coming into the the hydration and the actual uh, weigh-ins, but yeah, tell us all about that. Um, well, obviously, you don't get to play if you don't make weight. So I'm really proud. I never, I've never missed weight for anything I've weighed in, so powerlifting or strongman, and I've made it the first time too. So that's. I don't, know, I don't know. I take pride in that because there are guys that sometimes miss it. And it's like, that's why you came to play. So, uh, and yeah, there are other circumstances, you know, there, there was times I was like, I'm not going to make weight. Am I got to like shave my head? Am I got to like, don't eat somebody's got to like, like bleed my arm out or something like, you know, just start thinking crazy stuff. Um, and, but I, I, I just know I have to do it to be able to play. So that's important. Um, but yeah, I'll kind of just go, I guess I'll just run down a couple that I remember. Yeah. So, so the first time I ever made weight was, uh, well, I cut actually, I don't know if people remember this because apparently Strongman Corporation is changing. I don't know uh, the weight classes, but there used to be a 265 class. So it was actually more common in the local level than 231. Uh, a lot of the shows I did, like 
coming up was it was if there is if there was divisions it was under 200 under 265 and then over 265 so i cut the 265 for like two shows that was actually called middleweight um and i that was like my first cut so like maybe for like 280 ish so i made like 15 pounds i did that as like a teenager um but then i got really fat again and then i started losing weight and my first weight cut i think was i wrote down from 252 to 229 uh, and that's when I flew out to Pittsburgh and uh, managed to get my pro card against Jeff Lee. And then Jeff Lee got the next show. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just like the first time I cut weight and the first time I did it, I, I got my pro card. Uh, and then I just say, I just knew that like I needed to keep filling out. So it was just kind of like just pushing the envelope a little bit more and a little bit more. I did kind of get a little lazy during 2000, uh, 2017 because of my job. I just like stopped like tracking my nutrition as well. So I probably got a little softer. Um, but I knew that like where I needed to be like two weeks out or a week out. Um, so like 2017, um, we did ASM. I don't remember exactly where I was. I think I was like low two sixties, but that one went decently well. I was actually like at weight waiting in the hotel room. Uh, and then I go on time and then apparently everybody got a memo. They could go away in early. So I was like, shoot, I, I was like going crazy in my hotel room. <laughs> you know, you, you know, when you cut weight and like, like all your mental capacity is like gone so you're just like fooling around you're like fooling around but like you just don't like where's the energy coming from this is so like, like zero carbs like, what's that i was saying the zero carbs like takes yeah. your brain power away yeah, yeah, like, yeah so, no, those, those are not the fun times when you get to that and you're just kind of vegged out like oh my god what's happening yeah so uh then i escalated up i, I want to say like two weeks out from uh the worlds that year i was uh like 265 but i would just eat and hydrate like really hard between and obviously it's a what two day show that year yeah so you know you're gonna super compensate and i in some ways i feel like people use the weight cut thing because like there are guys that like roll in the 231 and don't cut weight like that's an achievement i guess uh but it's i mean it is a disadvantage and as, as i told him i did a bodybuilding show and as i told one of the bodybuilders there he was he was complaining that they reward size so much still in bodybuilding. I don't really know. I don't really know all the judging criteria. And I, it's like, it's not illegal to eat, you know, like you can eat more protein. So uh, I do think most people should be around that number because being like 245 is going to give you like a super compensation after you cut to probably like 248, 250. So I think the best weight for me would have been like a 250 ish range. And I would have been able to make, like, I made weight with like no, you know, no diuretics. I got no IV, nothing at 250. It was no problem, no stress. That's how I broke the dumbbell record. I was probably weighing 250 as I hit the dumbbell. Um, but yeah, I'm also taller. So like, I, I knew that for me to keep getting better, but if someone's like 5'10 in the 231 class, like 250, maybe 255 is like perfectly fine. Um, yeah. So I agree. Kind of I, I agree with all that. Like 250 was like where I wanted to be at when I was cutting too. Yeah. And then, uh, so you were talking about like 2017. Um, so going into OSG, um, now what, what, what did you win, win that, uh, or probably let's say like that morning or that week out? Oh, from OSG? Yes, sir. I mean, I could check on my phone. I, it might've, I just remember 265, but I think that was like the last heavy training day two weeks out. And maybe, maybe it was like 267. It was probably close to like a little bit over 260, but that's when I started pulling all the carbs and stuff. So I'm losing the glycogen pretty quick. And now I wish I knew what I knew about like all the bodybuilding, man, I would have been able to really like pull it down quicker. Cause like, 
you don't realize how much like water and glycogen, like obviously how fat you are, mm-hmm. even when you're like at 231. Like the pictures of me at 231, like here I thought I was at the cusp of like muscularity and like how much room I had to grow, but like I could have gone down to 240 and still put on like another, you know, like 30 pounds of weight. It would have all been tissue. And then still, I mean, I still have my nutritionist now. And he's like, yeah, you could give like freaking 270 probably if it was, a, if it was lean enough, because so much would be water and glycogen. I'm like, really? I'm like, ah, okay. Interesting. So wow. that answer the question. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> that was cool. But, that, but that's a huge cut. And in, in just for um, our listeners went on to not only win, but you won by a large margin. I think you won by over an event over. Gabby, he, he, he dusted us. He does exactly. He does. We got us. dusted that year. Did, did you feel that when you competed? So obviously you won, but did you feel any fatigueness from that cut? Uh, not really. Uh, the worst cut. Oh, the worst cut was actually for the axle. I did six weeks later. I think it was okay. an accumulation of everything. Um, but like that one was like. You know, like when you travel, like your scale, like magically stops working <laughs> and just like just freaking out. And then like that was when I tried to do what the like the hot bath with like the rubbing alcohol and the Epsom salt. And like, oh, that meant I don't believe, yeah, I don't think it helps. So I'm like trying to get the water hot enough. But in the process, I like get distracted because I can't pay attention. And then like the water's not hot enough. And then it's just like, oh, my God. And I'm like wearing a sauna suit to like drive to the airport. I'm like, oh, it's just just. Oh. well yeah then you, your your levels your cortisol levels shoot up because exactly now yeah but i actually undershot that one too i went in 229 point something uh for that one another 24-hour win for the actual record so um that was yeah that was hard and that was kind of like i was like ah, i don't really want to keep doing this and, and it's it's a lot of time and money and effort i mean trying to get an iv there like, i had to always call in favors and stuff because now they have it at contests but like that wasn't a thing, you know, and as a professional, like you should be doing that. Um, you know, I mean, it's just smart, but that's like another logistical step you got to handle. You know, you got to get there early, you know, a couple of days early, you got to get your IV, you got to get that, you know, get all your meals prepped. So you don't have to go out and eat. So it, yeah. it adds more stress in general. Yeah. The more you take care of on the front end, the less stress you are on the back end of the cut. Yeah. But I, I don't think it negative, like the answer to the question about being fatigued, like, Obviously, there's fatigue, but I don't think the fatigue ever was greater than what the peak was. So, like, whatever I could hit in training at, like, a reasonable weight. Like, obviously, if, if I weigh, like, 280, that's not going to necessarily be applicable to making weight. But and I, and I could argue it might be because it is a nervous system thing for a lot of those lifts. Um, but, yeah, as long as I was, like, 260 in training, under the fatigue of training, once I took that mask off, even if I had a little bit of, you know, you know whatever from the cut, and then despite the adrenaline, like – I just performed better like lights and attention. So like yeah. the arousal is going to be through the roof. So it never affected me. I, I think people get that in their mind a lot and they're like, Oh, I just did a cut. It must be so weak. It's like, dude, you got so much adrenaline like going through you. Like as long as you could sleep a couple nights that week, you'll probably be okay. Now, if you've gone like a week without sleep, you're, it's going to hurt. But, I've always ah. felt wonderful after a cut. I've never had any of the fatigue that people talk about. Cause I, I feel like I hydrate up and I refeed like yeah. it's, and I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm just fine. Yeah but eh, to each their own some people it's, everyone's got different mental states and a mental toughness and ability and what they've been through so it's kind of but that was that was great in- insight so thank you there andrew um yeah. so andrew early in your career you were chasing that signature win uh what did it mean to you to win world's strongest man 105 kilo so uh, this this question what is a signature win I, i'm 
I'm not trying to be the guy that has to define everything, but what, sure. like, what, what say, to you is the signature win? I guess. Um, well, it doesn't matter what it is to us. It's what matters. It's you. No, no. Oh. But like, has, I guess I'm asking Camby, have you had a signature win or do you, are you still chasing a signature win now? Because you've obviously had a lot of success recently. So like, I would classify I, even when I was, even when I first got my pro card 2015, 2016, I would think winning America's Strongest Man or winning World's Strongest Man would be a signature win. Um, now, nowadays, clashes in there, um, especially, and then some, even some other great international shows, if you put a good together, that could be a signature win or a break, a breakout win. Yeah. Um, of course, I remember, I, I, of course, followed you once, we, I think once you won your pro card. Um, and for the most part, I remember you were, of course, always, um, always super um, ready for the next challenge, but always going towards wanted to win that competition so you're a lot like me we were both getting the seconds and the thirds but not necessarily winning those big shows and i remember world strongest man 105 kilo was a bit was a big win so i so i was kind of so i'm for for me when i won clash that was a huge way lifted off of these massive shoulders that i have but how did you feel in that moment uh the bigger win if i had to think was actually the the mid-atlantic show oh yeah so I mean, I got to beat Sean. So, mm-hmm. like, that's that's a big – I mean, that that's because I respect Sean a lot. And also, that was a really uh, – you know, I, I mean, it what, it had the three-yoke medley and, like, the power stairs. So, you can say what you want about power stairs and the loading being a height event or whatever. But it did have a max axle and a max dumbbell, so static events. Um, what was the other event it had? Uh, keg over bar. Yeah, so, Max, Max Kegelberg. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying oh, yeah, loading yeah. events are usually called a height event because, I don't know. Because being oh, yeah, yeah. I think that was it. Um, power stairs. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's fine. This is, Andy, yeah. that's where you want your pro card, right? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Most well, I think stacked was, 105 lineup ever, apparently, with all these at 105s across the board. Yeah, that was probably the signature win. I mean, the only thing that would have been a little sweeter is I really do think on that weekend I just made very, very tiny mistakes. I, I should have been podium overall. Um, uh, I don't know if I would have been able to win because the deadlift pulled me down a little bit, but I made a mistake on yoke, had a drop because going too fast, didn't train that event enough. And then power stairs, uh, I was actually ahead of Oberst into like eight steps or 10 or whatever the number was. And I, I just remember looking at the edge of it and just in my mind, I was like, fuck, I'm going to hit that. And like, that is whacked the shit out of it like 10 times. If you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. 
Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash proven grit. That's drinkag1.com slash proven grit. Check it out. And I watched the video back like maybe a couple months ago because I was trying to show an athlete how to do power stairs. And it's it's one of those things that it's hard once you get stopped because like being a big guy and I'm, I kind of swing it, my heels are off the back of the step. So looking back now, I'm like, shoot, if I had just known I wasn't going to be able to have my heels on the step. But yeah, that show had events that I was like basically just survived the axle and like the rest were really good events. Uh, but I was really happy for Wesley. Um, you know, he got up there and got third. But that was like as far as like, uh like money like sponsorship uh uh what's the other word i'm looking for uh exposure um and just like overall like things even outside the sport that came from that like you know all the fringes and relationships that that was like the big show i was actually a little disappointed uh in worlds because sean was able to compete that year and i don't even think we had uh, not bicep that's exploded quad (laughs) yeah 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 i did i I don't I don't even think we had um, the returning champion with Marcin, right? Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he, he, yeah, he didn't come back till 2019. Right. So, like, not that – I'm not taking away from that class of people, but I'm saying, like, to me it was like if I was Sean and I got hurt and then someone else won, in my head I'm thinking I could have won that. And he probably could have. So, you know, so it, it'll always be a blemish. And I then you that. wait a, and then you blemish. Wait, no, no, and then no, you wait a month blemish. and then you wait a month and there's you got to stay healthy though. That's, that's yeah, that's part of the game though. That's Sean's fault for what happened to his quad. It was, you know, I mean, it's, it's not his fault, but you know what I mean? It's not your fault. And that's part no, no, of the sport is no, being I'm, healthy. So don't, I'm don't, saying that, it's not a blemish. No, no, I, I'm saying that in respect to my, to the athletes I compete against. I'm not saying it because like, you know, I mean, if not everybody, should, when the reigning champ doesn't show up, it's it's a little different, you know. Like your second win, Anthony, is bigger than your first one. Oh, I totally agree. That was pretty fucking wild. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, that's why like me not beating Marcin, w- whether or not I could have beat him anyways, is not the same as if like you beat him directly. Yeah, the former champion. So it's a little different, you know. Yeah. So that makes yeah. it a little bit more of a win because you beat directly. Well, the my, but, you, but you also had like uh, Johnny and I both took like sixth and eighth the previous year. You had Yuri that took fourth. Um, you had the Polish guy. You had Blake Lawrence, the deadlift current world record holder. Yeah, you had um, some talent with you. You still, still had some big names. You had Terry Raddy. You Michael had a lot Hogan. of up and com- you had up and comers. You had like the next wave of 105s contenders. You still your- beat. You still beat uh, the, the the crop that was out there. Yeah, you whooped the shit out of us. And- <laughs> yeah, like I you, mean, you had the upcoming wave. Good. We were the youth, and you got you slapped us down. And was like the Yeats. fuck out of here. Yeah, maybe. Marcin knew where it was if he wanted to do Butte 2017 World Strongest Man. <laughs> he knew where it was. <laughs> he knew where it was. You know, he just wanted to go to the Arnold. That, he was at the Arnold that year. Hey, Camby, and he was can... hanging out outside of the, the North Market, smoking cigarettes and eating French fries. That's hey, Camby, Camby. <laughs> um, so do you feel the same way he did? Camby, is your win hollow because you didn't get to beat the former, the reigning champ? Hmm. No, it, it, you know what? I put it out there oh. that I was going after World Strongest Man. Anybody that wanted to be there would have been there. So um, I, lo- I love it. No, I love every, that attitude. Every, every contest, whoever yeah. wanted to be there would have been there. Um, <laughs> but, but of course, thank you for that great answer. So moving That's on. That's a great answer, yeah. Um, let's see. Andrew Clanning, what does it take to be a winner? 
and please elaborate. Uh, in strongman takes different things, obviously, than life. That's for sure. There's a lot of winners in strongman that don't win in life. That's that's probably real, that's probably the biggest thing I've learned in the last three years. Like they're you know, uh, like working with clients and stuff. Like there's people I I get to train now that like you would never hear about them on social media, but they just like dominate at life. You know, good dad. You know, you have a career, have a business, uh, and they don't need like from an ego standpoint, like any type of like fame or fortune or or notoriety or, or whatever. So, uh, but to be a winner, I guess, like, you know, since the question is probably geared more towards like, you know, me winning a one Oh five event or whatever. Um, what does it take to be a winner? I mean, probably a lot of bad things, just as much as good things, you know, I mean, one of the reasons I don't want to compete again is just like, you <laughs> kind of turn into like an asshole because like it, I mean, obviously you guys are interviewing me, but I don't want to make it like all about me, but like, it is. Yeah, it's it's no, but like, show. What I'm trying Andy to get at is like AC, AC in the town. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to get at is like, um, you know, everybody makes like their plight to be so difficult when everybody is probably going through like an, an equal plight of some sort. Yeah. But for me, it was difficult just because I've always been like trained almost by myself. I've had like a couple training partners here or there, uh, but like I know like Sean um, talked about because I you know, like a good pro, I researched your podcast. So I know how you guys phrase questions. So that's why I'm tired. Um, but, you know, Sean said like people buying equipment, right. And he was irritated with people being able to get equipment access earlier, just like that kind of like ruins the sport. And like, I kind of agree with that. Like I bought the beast metal dumbbell before my first pro show at, at heavyweight. And then like they broke at nationals that same year. And then the month later they don't have them. So here I bought a $650 dumbbell as like, a, like I just graduated college and and then it's bent, you know? Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard for me because I didn't have the conscious equipment. So then it would have been like big dog. Um, I didn't have a lot of training partners. I didn't really have a crew, you know, I never had real sponsorships or anything like that. So for me, it was just like kind of going against a lot of different things all at once. Um, I never gained traction. Uh, that's why I, I, I was just on another podcast and I literally forgot to mention my accolade of, of winning the world strongest man thing, because it's not necessarily like always a positive memory um, just because it didn't, it didn't gain traction from it. It took a lot. I was kind of an asshole and then all the shit that went down after it. And I just wanted to like erase it from my memory. So um, uh, I guess to be a winner, like it takes a lot of, of good qualities, you know, habits and routine and all that. But it, sometimes it takes like being very narcissistic and all about you and, you know, F the world. And I mean, that's why you see people burn out because they can't find a good balance between like uh, being like super aggressive and then also like the more like subdued, like civilized person, you know, they end up being too much of the aggressor, like what's the whole thing now, like choose violence or whatever. They, they choose violence all the time. And then that's their, their dick. So. See, reason number 500 of why I separated Anthony Furman from La Flama Blanca. I mean, when you, when you develop a nickname for yourself, like do you really ever separate yourself. You know what I mean? Oh, the, like, he, he exists for a reason. Like, is he going to come through that door behind you? You know, like he's not, you know, no, he, no, I mean, no. he has, he, <laughs> <laughs> he came out on the third podcast, <laughs> showed up. I'm just not listening to that one. <laughs> All right. What's your next question, Nick? All right. So the Royal, the Royal Rumble starts in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. That's the it's Royal Rumble night. All right. Power time. All right. Still very involved in coaching. 
Um, I'm gonna get cut short, but you're gonna give all the other guys long. You know, we're gonna go on forever talking. <laughs> we're gonna do twenty. We're gonna do twenty. 25 minutes. I'm, I'm is okay. Anthony's okay if he misses five minutes of the Royal Rumble. <laughs> He's like, that's yes. hard. What is Royal Rumble? Is that is that wrestling? Yo, it's wrestling. Oh, <laughs> grow up, Anthony. Okay. All right. Listen, I am a grown man. I enjoy wrestling. I'll say it now. I don't give a shit. Just keep wrestling out of strong man, okay? At a certain point, yes, I agree with you. So I for you guys yeah. that don't know, Anthony Clayton also is a strong man coach and coaches a lot of different strengths. You just call him Anthony Clayton. Did I call him Anthony Clayton? Did you do that intentionally? No, that's pretty good, though. <laughs> uh, Clayton, what have you been telling your athletes in 2022? How can they be the best at their strength sports? What's the it's secret? Strong, powerlifting, bodybuilding. Uh, I mean, I find myself, like I just mentioned on the last question, I find myself reminding people to keep, like, some type of priorities um, because uh, – I mean, both you guys coach people, but like the chances of you having someone of your same level, you know what I mean? Like, you know, as like world champions is very slim. Obviously the goal would be to take someone from zero and make them a world champion, but that's very slim still. So uh, just statistically speaking, they're going to be somewhat of a a lesser caliper. You know, they're not going to make it as far. And so now, now you're looking at having them enjoy the sport, make progress, and then not obsess about it in the way that becomes like a detriment. So like when it comes like, the teenage like I've had a couple of teenage clients and I just like see myself. I'm like, where can I stop them from like running off the rails? Because not necessarily I went off the rails. I mean, obviously I like won stuff, but like it's, it was a lot of luck and opportunity. And like, you know, I sacrificed a lot of other things in my life to get there. And like some of these people I see are like, I don't want to be like, Hey, you're never going to be a pro, but like, the chances are very slim. And I rather them have a more like holistic, you know, you know, succeed in, in hitting some small milestones, but don't like lose sight of like other stuff going on. So I'm really proud of the clients that, you know, they're able to adhere to the program. And I keep the program pretty simple and they're able to hit other like lifestyle goals outside of it um, and kind of keep things in perspective. And I always find it funny. And I don't know why this is a thing with online coaching, but people want to like apologize for like not adhering to the programming or like having a life. So like, they'll be like, oh, I'm so sorry. I missed it. I'm like in graduate school. I'm working a job. I just had the move. I'm like, bro, like you're perfectly fine. Like, I'm not going to get mad at you. Like you paid me. And my response should be, how can I best serve you to make through that period of time? And I don't like when people hold the coach on like a pedestal because it is really a privilege to be able to coach them. So what do I tell them to be successful is I guess keep like the priority, like have a purpose of why you're doing it. And just don't lose sight of like, I want to say end goal, but like, you know, what's going to matter in the future, um, you know, versus like the next local show. Cool. If uh, people, if our listeners were interested in your services, how can they find you? Uh, I mean, I'm on Instagram as running Strongman, And then my business page is first called strength. Uh, and then I have a website also first called strength.com. Um, but yeah, just hit me a DM or whatever, or email uh, is a good way to get a hold of me. Look at that. that. That was plug uh, alert. Plug alert. That was a good plug. I was helping you out. So tell us. So moving on, because we have Royal Rumble Anthony over here. Tell us about oh. your recent bodybuilding pursuits. Where are your, your goals there going forward? Uh, the bodybuilding kind of happened by accident. Um, I don't think I, I wish I could be good at a sport that is, I want to say easier, but like maybe more lifestyle. Uh, I don't know how to say it. Like, like logistically strongman is very difficult. Um, 
And when, when promoters try to make a really interesting show for ESPN, they add a lot of events and a lot of medleys and it makes it even harder to train. <laughs> so like, no one wants to do that. Like, I don't want to do that now. I just want to do like one event straight shot. Um, <laughs> but like bodybuilding is like easy. Like you go in any gym and like, Oh, you do the same five back exercises, you know, three or four sets, you get a pump, you know, you're done. You know, the diet stays roughly the same. Like there's a little bit of changing, you know, the posing I don't like, uh, like even powerlifting. I, I like a little bit too, you know, it's, three movements you, you mash them it's just i'm not naturally good at those nor have i spent 15 years trying to get good at either of those things but i've spent like 15 years almost 15 years in like researching and studying strongman so it's like difficult for me to pour myself in the bodybuilding the same way um but i guess my pursuits i mean i still like that style of training uh it came about just because i got really lean and i asked like hey how many weeks out do you think i would be and it got down to like under eight weeks and then I checked in one day and he's like, Oh, you're probably like six weeks out. I'm like, ah, I guess I'll do it. Six weeks isn't that long to commit to. So I didn't really do a real prep or anything. I mean, I could have done a lot better, but it, it was, it was a cool experience. And like any sport, um, cause I've done a, I mean, I've tried a bunch of things, uh, at the top level, it's all the same. It's just different things. So like in strongman, like the training is more logistical and like mentally, I think more taxi than bodybuilding, bodybuilding, there's definitely some bodybuilders that like don't know how to train hard. Like they never have been like pushed to like throwing up on a medley, like strongman. not all of them, just seeing some of them. And then there's like people that like run recreationally that like have never like pushed those really hard, but at the upper level of any sport, the hurt is like the same. It's just different. And that's, what's really cool. is like when I've been around like some of the elite bodybuilders, like I got the train with Justin Compton is uh, uh, like, you know, we all respect each other, like no matter the sport, because it's hard. It's just a different type of hard. So that's that's really cool about about bodybuilding. Very good point. What uh what was your lo- body? Did you measure your uh your body uh, fat percentage? I tried to, but I couldn't get into a DEXA or or a bod pod like the week of. It was like all booked up, and obviously that's like expensive. And it's interesting. Uh, anyone that knows bodybuilding, I don't know it very well, but I work with Justin Harrison, and he has talked about this on Elite FTS like the, like those things don't really matter as much as the look. So like you could be like 10% and look better, but you could also be like 8% and look worse because you'd be too dry. So it's so interesting. I mean, it's just like us, like I'm sure we can watch an event like one time and be able to pick the guy's weakness or like for me, like I can look at a body type and like I tell like that guy's going to like kill the deadlift. He's going to get trash on the circus dumbbell. Like, cause you just like how they stand and like, you can see like their mobility. You just know they don't have ranges of motion. And that's the same thing for bodybuilders. Like good coaches can just look at you and be like, yeah, you need 50 grams more carbs or like, Oh yeah, we're a little bit too much water. I'm like, really? I, I live in this body. I don't even see those differences. So it's, it's, it's really neat from that perspective. Yeah. It almost feels like they've kind of uh, like perfected. They've married both the art and the science of nutrition. Oh yeah. Uh, like I thought it was really bro, but man, like how smart some of these coaches are. Yeah. Like you think they're just meatheads because they act like they're meatheads. Cause that's how you get progress long-term is to be a meathead. Yeah. But like, if you like unpack what they know, you're just like, holy crap. Like, you yeah. know, like so much more than I thought. I usually go cross-eyed. Cause I'm just like, oh, I don't fucking understand. I quit. Meathead science. Meathead science. Yeah. <laughs> so before I get into questions from the fans, Anthony, do you have any questions, specific questions for Andrew Clayton? I mean, I think we covered um, everything pretty well. Um, I just, I, I, I kind of want to ask Andrew, the biggest thing I want to know is, <sighs> We brought up. We brought up earlier. You found success in many different sports, varying levels of success and all that stuff. 
Um, one thing I remember you probably being the most proud of from my perspective as an outsider was your, was your ultra running um, and your ability to just suffer, you know, doing what you're doing while you were doing that, that insane running regimen. You know what I mean? And in context, he would do these ultra runs after full competitions. So like, I, I just kind of want to get like your take on that. Like, what did that mean to you as far as like your, all your accomplishments, the, like the running part of that stuff? Cause it's something that's probably the least celebrated. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's cool to like, know. I mean, why I guess are the, you the running strong man? <laughs> well, I need, I needed something like moniker or something at the time that seemed like it was going to work. And now I'm like the, the resting strong man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> welcome. Welcome. <laughs> uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, how do I feel about it? Like as an accomplishment? I mean, I would like to think like from like a legacy point of view, it's like I could do whatever I want. Like I could find some way to be good at those types of things. I mean, was I really good at running? No. I mean, I've missed out on a lot of my goals I set for a lot of those distances, but I think it was really cool to do it back to back. And it is cool now with like clients when they tell me like ridiculous goals and stuff, because they understand that I kind of did some of those things. Um, but uh, I don't know. I would say I'm probably, I don't know which thing I'm most proud of. I mean, I'd be cool to get back to running, but it's not, I probably did. I probably did a lot of things I did just to uh, probably get validation, but also like um, at the time it was really popular to be a hybrid athlete. And I don't know what it is, but there's just like some type of like people always question like what you can do in other sports. So I guess it was me kind of like, unfortunately following like, Hey, I'll just prove I can do that. And so I did it. And, but like, it doesn't really gain you anything. And it's really difficult now because um, you can tell people that you're capable of doing something like right now, like today, like I didn't have a really good workout today, but like, I, I'm not really mad about it because I know like if somebody told me in four weeks, I had to compete and they were going to pay, like I'd be ready. Like, I, I just know it. I, I, I know I can be ready like any given day. You know, it doesn't even really matter if I've even been peaking it. And some of that's like just complete ignorance of like the nervous system and like how the body adapts. But I just feel like if you've been doing something for like 15 years, like you don't lose that in a short period of time. Like even when I got hurt, I didn't stop training. Like I just trained differently. I still trained hard. So it's uh some of that when I was younger, I had to like actually do the event to prove it. And now I can just kind of like look at things back. Like, yeah, I could do that. And like, I just don't do it. So it's a, it's a weird thing. Cause a lot of people say that a lot of people say they can do things and they, you know, they can't back it up. Yeah. But like, yeah. just like we were talking about these competitors at the beginning, like if, if Zach McCarley said he's coming back, I'm like, Oh, he's coming back. You know, same thing. Like that's a guy who you can, you know, and hopefully like the running and the strongman thing, like that's hopefully what gets attached. My name is like intensity and like, Oh, when he says he's going to do it. Like he's going to follow through and he's going to do it. So. I mean, that was my, when you were doing that, my thing was like, oh, he's actually fucking doing it. Ooh. Like, I was like, oh, he's doing it. I couldn't believe it. Like, it blew my mind. So, yeah. After a long show. Uh, so, questions from the fans. Uh, so, going with, time. Uh, Ali Slav asks, how big are your biceps? I think they're probably the smallest in the, on the podcast right now. We, how big? I, I, I think one of them, one of mine is like 18 and a half and 18. Oh, thank God. I'm not, not the smallest. Oh, oh thank God. You, you measure your biceps, Nick? I, I have. Well, I needed to measure Maya for a new winter coat. So I had to do her neck and her um, sternum and how long she is. So then I was like, well, this also can measure biceps too. So I just tested it. My left is bigger than my right. 
Oh, interesting. I'm about to measure mine. I bet you I'm probably close to 20. Yeah, yours have to be bigger than mine. Yeah, okay. I, and mine are probably like maybe 19. Maybe they're a little bigger when I was up at 290, but I have small arms, man. Yeah, Ali Slav asked a question last week and we couldn't answer it, so hopefully that was a good answer. There we go. AJ Dirks asks, if you could have changed one thing about your strongman career, what would you have done? Hmm. Just one. Just one thing. Uh, I probably would have said F, F college, like when I went to the Arnold, and I probably would have just done what everybody else was doing at the time, probably actually using like a shit ton of supplements and like just eating their face off and actually been good. Cause I mean, I got second place and then I could have gotten an Arnold invite and that would have probably gotten sponsorship. So if I look back, that's probably like the one little pivot that could have like, could have been right into the circuit. But instead I was like still in college and still young. And I just, you know, so I missed it by, I mean, Akilaskowski, I mean, he would have dominated every event if he owned all the equipment. But, like, he did show some areas where, you know, I was able to beat him. So, I mean, that was really cool. Uh, warning label for fans at home. Don't quit college. No, quit college. Just no, don't quit college. Wait, weigh your options and then quit college. <laughs> no, Fuck it. Definitely. Quit college. I don't care. Quit college. Everyone quit college. For people at school or, or in school or whatever, just keep going to school and rack up a ton of debt because that will definitely help you in life. Ah, yeah, that's right. I thought they were doing debt relief for a long So you guys heard it here folks first. Andrew Clayton says school is for fools. School is for <laughs> fools. Be cool. Dude, Skip we're in school. We're in strongmen after all. I mean, we're not like the brightest people, probably. <laughs> no, all right, next question. All right, Mike Mike Gonzalez um, asks any aspirations to break the 105 kilo circus dumbbell record or any other record? Who asked this question? Mike Gonzalez. Okay, I just want to know who is asking these questions. Gonzalez, not Zales. I mean, it'd be cool. Why is it Gonzalez? Yeah, Gonzalez. It's Gonzalez. I'll pivot that question. Hey, Camby, how how much do you think you could like if you had to peak the dumbbell? How much do you think you could you could dumbbell press? Like, what do you think is capable of a one hundred and five strongman? Like right now? Right now? Well, or next year? Like one to two years from now? Like, where is the dumbbell record? If if Anthony says we're only doing dumbbell in every qualifier and all clashes, dumbbell. Screw the deadlift. I think I think 130 or 286 is pretty doable. Um, but then if you bring out a world record dumbbell, then you'll get some of the, like the Europeans and like Russians that are pretty good at dumbbell. Yeah. So oh, and uh, I, I would I say specify is it a is it a monster one or is it a a circus dumbbell the one with the round? Sierra, yeah, yeah, I would I would say I would say in the 280. Wait, there's a diff, there's a different. You don't just call them circus dumbbells. They're all circus dumbbells. All yeah, circus the dumbbell dumbbells. I had the record on is much harder than the dumbbell those Europeans use. Because the Europeans want to have the big, oh yeah 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 they just go and they just flip their arm. I actually had to stabilize it in all directions with the Bartos. The Bartos one. one's dope though. I like some, that one like better. Something like a like something on. Oh no, it's a great. But I'm just saying, a rogue something. You know, those guys are better at the rogue. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna be better at the rogue one. So I would say 280s would be um, would be doable. I think it would be cool to see 300, and I think if 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 it was being pushed, that would be. Didn't, there's no reason it can't. Yeah. I think I saw someone attempt 300. They didn't hit it, though. Who? Was it 105? Yeah, I think I saw one, someone attempt it. Yeah. They definitely didn't hit it, but they attempted it. It was it was on IG a few weeks ago. I don't know, man. They all bleed no. together. All the videos bleed together. Uh, David Shammy, the Russian 105, as an off-season 105, hit up to 150 kilos, 330. So, um, again, there's some good talents if he decides to cut down and do a, do a dumbbell. Um, the Lean Grizzly asks... In retrospect, does Andrew wish he did less endurance training? 
Mm, good question. Um, probably, yeah. As uh, as Sean DeMarie has told me, uh, he said it's strong man, not running man. And that was, uh, I think, before 2016 ASM. So he he was really glad he used his face to get the stone over because that he probably would never heard the end of it if I had won that. Deservedly, <laughs> deservedly so. Can, yeah, can, yeah, can that, second that year. Right. That was an interesting year because that truck pull was like this, the lightest truck pull ever. It just basically washed a potential to anyone to come back. And then the jump on the stone was like four inches, even though everybody struggled on the last one. Like you thought they were doing like a smaller jump. I think, I think they were like, you know what? We're done with this show. Like we need to hurry up and get the heavyweights out here. And they just jumped four inches made no sense because like I hit whatever the 72 or, or 68, mm-hmm. wherever the height was. And I cleared it by a little bit and everyone else was like touching the edge. And then Sean had to put his face on it. And then like, we go up to the next one. I, I, I mean, that's like $10,000, like sitting right there. I, I still think about that. Like literally it's just like, eh. I, I want to say it was, it was, we did the 300 pound stone to 71 inches. And then we went up to like 74, 75 and we all missed it. And we had the five, four or five. Yeah. Tie. It, it was just greater than what was in the rule. It was, she said something about once it got to a certain number of athletes, it was going to do like two inches. And I remember it jumping and then, they thought we had like tied and they said, they were like, I don't know. It was, it, there's so many weird score things, man. I, I, that'd be another podcast to talk about. That was, pl- that was a funny ASM. So the Brian shock came and won the heavyweights that year. Yeah. They hosted it at a, um, a casino that was still trapped in 98. Was it, was it a casino or was it a casino or was it a parking lot of a casino? It was a parking lot of the casino. Oh, we okay. But we casino, got the P inside though. If we the casino where we stayed at. Yeah. It smelled like an ashtray. It was a, uh, it was <laughs> Oh, that was a good, that was good times. Um, so your client, uh, Jonathan, uh, Kate is off asks is cheesecake anabolic. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's like half the questions on mine are about cheesecake, man. I mean, it's just like, what's the best flavor. I mean, I feel like you just keep it like basic vanilla, you know, it's just like any other type of supplement, you know, just keep the basics, you know, are you, you into cheesecake? Fancy... Andrew Glenn? Am I what? Are you are you a cheesecake guy? I mean, I have to be. I'm a heavyweight strongman. I don't know if you guys have heard about that down in the 105s. Do you make visits to the cheesecake factory? I don't. If if it was convenient, that's like that's like liking chocolate and not going to Willy Wonka's factory. It makes no sense. Of course, well, where I live to go to the cheesecake factory is a pain in the butt, and it's like a little town center and just too much. Yeah, I'm not oh, you live go. in Florida. Everything. Where, do you, where do you get your cheesecake? Just like Wesley Claiborne, man. Walmart, dude. That I mean. <laughs> I trust Wesley Claiborne's knowledge on cheesecake more. Not than even anything. public. You don't even go to Publix. I might have paid double for the same cheesecake just to say I shop at Publix. Fair. <laughs> hey, I mean, it is a status symbol. It, it is a status symbol. It, it totally is. Like, I went to Publix. I'm like, oh, good for you, buddy. Like, yeah. Good for you. Where'd you go for groceries? Not Publix. I see. You just walk away. <laughs> Wesley also has a pretty good uh, Taco Bell uh, pre-contest meal uh, that he likes to indulge in before the competitions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm hoping he can work with my diet so i can get back to 330 hell yeah <laughs> 330 what, what was the heaviest you ever got up to andrew i want to say it was probably like a bloated like 330 or 335 but that was like contest week i never like walked around ever like in college i think when i was really fat maybe like 320 325 but i believe it or not i never felt like really crappy i got a little crappy for giants live but like you know just like all the stress and everything but like as a teenager at 320, like I stairs conditioning, I, mean, I, I was winning like medley events and 
and sled pulls. I, I mean, I've never thrown up doing strongman. I don't know. Like I, who knows like what, like genetically we all have, like, like it can't be has great conditioning too. And like explosive. And then, you know, like, everybody's different, but like, it's just so interesting to me. Like even like McCarley explosive, but conditioning, like how, how does that thing, you know, it'd yeah. be cool to like, you know, take all the muscles out of our legs and well, under a microscope. Anthony's thrown up done, doing strongman before. No, I didn't. Uh, all right, Anthony's thrown up doing CrossFit before. Yeah, CrossFit. Oh, yeah, CrossFit. That's <laughs> strongman. Very different. <laughs> and, I, and I was doing CrossFit with Chandler Smith, so I wasn't just doing CrossFit with, like, a random dude. It was, like, he was coming off, like, fifth place at the CrossFit Games. Wow. Yeah, he fucked me up. <laughs> that's hey, yeah. that's the one sport you haven't you haven't uh, competed in yet, Andrew, is uh, CrossFit. Yeah, I think you have all the other ones I coming. We, I've been a couple CrossFit gyms. I've thought about it, but it's – that's definitely a, a shorter man sport. Yeah, I think that bitch, that shit's tough. I mean, there's like nobody like. I mean, there's a couple people like just over six foot, but like no one's like six two or six yeah, three. No, yeah, because like, they ain't try, they ain't trying to move fucking two miles for each deadlift rep. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be you. You do one rep by the time they do like three because they're just. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's great. Um, but I think that that wraps up the questions for today, guys. Um, any last thoughts, Mister Furman? Oh uh, no! That this. Thank you for coming on, man. I, I think it's important to get you know different sides of people, different parts of the stories out, and just we like I said, we just try to get something that's, that people can enjoy, that's watchable, and they can pull some actual knowledge from. So I, I think we got that with you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, but we forgot to ask the question: When am I coming back to strongman? <gasps> Ooh, when are you coming dun, 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 dun. back? You come back? Are you going to come back and uh, lose lose to me with Camby? So, and, oh, so, 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 I had a question. I had a question for. For Furman, yeah, because I think I think you said on one of the other podcast, you said in 2018 no one could stop you. Literally, there's no chance. Uh, no you one could put stop. you could put anybody from the history of 105 really? in that competition with me, and I wasn't losing that day. Look up the go look up the times or anything of all the medleys, and I mean, because remember I had to play with like 15 percent more. Yeah, but you couldn't have made weight, so so it's it's interesting now that I did bodybuilding because you asked me about that about like how much, you know, how much was fat, like how much does muscle, there's like a chance I literally had no more muscle than I did at 105. Like, like we really think about it. Like it's uh, interesting how like physiological, no, seriously. I mean, we think about it, 11 months, 11 months. I, I would say, I would say not as much as you And think. about 35 pounds, the amount of tissue I probably put on was like no more than five. And if you say, you could put yeah. eight. You could put eight on. Mm, no, because I'm. I, I've already trained for over ten years. I wasn't doing. I wasn't doing hypertrophy training, low volume. It was yeah. a mainly fat. I'm saying, standing with Giants Live. Standing with Giants Live, I gained about thirty pounds in two months. There's no way I put much tissue on. It was like water, glycogen. And fat. I'll concede. There's no way you put tissue on. If you concede, there's no way you would have beat me. Why well, did it? Oh, that year. Oh yeah, because for. Yeah, he did the Giants Live one in 18. So they both competed on the same events, but Andrew was the heavyweight. And then and then what happens when you do heavyweight is then you're heavyweight for life. And then the second you do middleweight, you're middleweight for life. You lose the heavyweight invites when you're middleweight, and then you lose the middleweight invites when you're heavyweight. So it's 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 interesting. But no, but 2018, I mean, you, you won by more than I – wait, yeah. You won by more – the most ever, so that was impressive. Yeah. But, I mean, it was hard to move up. I mean – I'm surprised, like, Kevin Ferris and, and guys like that who could have just completely just wrecked 105 forever. I mean, it's got to be interesting to just know, like, just like interview with Sean. 
and how like he said like he wanted to go to worlds like it's it's got to be hard to like make that decision well that was like, the hey, only like, that was really the, the only route man you know to, to to get anything out of it um and that's what i'm trying to change with clash i'm trying to make it where guys don't have to do that they can get some stuff out of staying 105 if they want do you think some guys are being held back by the fact there's more benefit now to being a 105 than uh an open competitor or at least a b-list open competitor um we didn't mean held back like so like uh so sean is what five seven yeah so sean no, he's like five two and a, five, five two and a half no he he's five ten in olympic lifters <laughs> and on the podium in first place yeah yeah uh <laughs> but uh like if sean if sean could sean could have made it the world's it would have taken the right time you know yeah like hicks hicks is not much taller if he isn't any taller and these are guys that are great 105s and obviously very statically strong. And so it's capable to get the world strongest man. So how do we not know that of the 30, 35 guys in 105 right now, there's not one or two or three that could literally be at Worlds in five years, but because of the incentives, and there's not a bad thing. This is just me posing a question. Yeah. The incentives to stay 105 and potentially the ease of it, you know, you don't have to eat as much. You don't have to, t- you know, well, I would argue you don't have to take as many supplements as an open competitor, but you don't, you, ha- you, have, to, you have to eat more. And you're going to have to put more risk as far as like health of being a heavy body weight. Yeah. But who's to say like a couple people are being held back from their full potential of, of being an open competitor to that's being a, like a, that's a, a, fair, inter- that's a true strong man. Yeah. That, that's a fair point. And, uh, and like Rob Kearney, Rob Kearney is only what, 280? Well, here's what I, here's what I would like to do eventually. Um, I would like the five-year plan is the fact that if they are being held back. Don't die. No, no, no. no. <laughs> if they are being held back, it's worth it. Like, you know, I mean, it's not just like an incentive, like the fact I want people to make a living at 105 like they do in open. That's my goal. So, yeah, it wouldn't really be giving anything up. You probably like can be made more than a few World Strongest Man competitors this year. That That is true. A lot, actually, of World Strongest Man competitors. Yeah. So people people forget that. Yeah, man. But, uh, the big what, Clay, you mentioned like Sean. Sean said if he was a good time for him to launch his heavyweight career, maybe it would have been after his third America's strongest win. So probably after 2016, he said that would probably have been his best time to go. And he, he kept getting pulled back to the one. Yeah. yeah. He said on our podcast, yep. it was, there, it was there, for, there, there for the taking. And it's true. I mean, it is easy to fall back into something you can dominate as opposed to something, something you get your shit pushed in for a long time. I mean, that's uh, like, uh, I guess I'll add this. I don't think I've ever said this. One of the reasons I went to one Oh five is because I mean, I was not in a good place and it, it's much at the time. I went to 2015 ASM as an open at 255. And because of the structure of Strongman Corp, I could not compete in middleweight or lightweight or whatever they called it because I didn't have a pro card. So I had to win that pro card to be able to compete. But at that time, I would have, I won the power stairs fastest time of anyone in all, in both categories. I had heavier stairs. So I would have won that event. Uh, I probably would have gotten either second or third to Rob and Sean, right? Because Sean is the only one that got the deadlift rep. So mm. right then, I was already a podium guy at 105. It's just I wasn't allowed based on the structure of the system. So then I, after a bunch of crap, I ended up going to 105. And a lot of ways I was like detrained for a little while, but I, I had spent, you know, six years doing heavyweight weights. I'd been doing a 900 pound yoke for like four or five years. So nothing was very heavy and I'm tall. I can load, you know, I'd already loaded like a 400 stone for like six reps. So to me, I think the 105, this is going to sound bad, was a cop out of me not going my full potential at open. And then it robbed me of like two good years. And if it wasn't for 2017 and just like getting sick of it, I, you know, I would never, and luckily I won OSG and that that's probably more of a signature win, even though it's not really a, I mean, it's a pro show, but it's not a world title. 
Um, but yeah, so that's why I was saying that like there are there are going to be guys that I think could fully be an open competitor, and you know, one hundred five is going to attract them because in the short term, it's the the safer, potentially easier choice um, in the sport. So see, I uh, just again from what I see, from what I see happening is it's not going to be necessarily easier because it's going to attract more and more talent to the 105. So it's actually, I think, I already think 105 is possibly more competitive than a lot of the open shows across the world. Um, and I think we are seeing an influx of talent along with all this different kind of stuff we're offering. And so like, just even for give and take, you know, doing the rankings earlier, I had to go through, um, I think I was picking out of like 25 names. So right there, I almost have like a top 25, top 30. When I first, uh, became a pro there was really all the guys that showed up to America's strongest man so whoever was top seven or top nine top 13 but now I can maybe think of like 30 there's you could almost rank the guys from top from top 25 in the American 105 system so that's it's it's probably gone depth in that direction in terms of in the, the tens and yeah. 20s and 30s compared to just the top three top four being super stacked yep that, that's a difference I think from when you competed to now but you are right, though. It's like someone like you, I would hate to have been trapped in the 105s. You know, you desert, you needed to go open. That was your, that was your call. But see, now I want to go back to the 105s and just play it safe. So this is the point when you say, Andrew, you're going to get an invite. You're going to be a guest. See, there are no – after this, like, no one's coming back. Everyone's earning it. It's a sport. So wait, everybody's earning it now. Everybody's earning it now, except I did, I did do the finals from last year. <laughs> Um, but next year there is no auto invite for finalists. Gotcha. So yeah, man, I only want people that want to be there. You know, everyone else can go do what's been going on and have fun with all that. He's giving me that look, Anthony. He's giving you that look. I want him to come back. I mean, I, I want you to come back to OSG so we can compete together. Cause I'm not going to compete at my shows. Ooh, that's, that's, that'll be a three, <laughs> four world champs. Or a three world champ, however you want to describe it, in one contest while yeah. fighting. Nah, I'm five won't. years later, the the, the grand yeah, right? match. Yeah, five years later, the battle royale. Can Nick Camby hold off Andrew and Anthony Furman? Do what I have not? to have a Do I have to have a nickname? Do I have, to have like, what's my moniker going to be? Cold as ice, AC. Cold as ice. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Well, you put AC ice in my veins. Hmm. AC, mm. AC, AC Clayton too. Like you know, AC. Uh, what's his face from uh, Saved by the Bell? <laughs> Slater, AC Slater. You'll be AC Slayton or Clayton. Man, how many times, man? How, man, I don't have to come back and just win just so people can get my name right. That's frustrating, you know. You, you it's know, like you, Andrew Canby, Anthony Clayton. Well, I mean, uh. Andrew Claiborne. I mean, like shit. Like you know, you. I messed you up with AC Slater. That's a compliment. He was. Hey, do you know what my mom said when I said I was interviewing Andrew Clayton tonight? What do you say? Like, she, she was like, like, "Oh, the guy with the pink bows in his hair." Hey, that shit worked. You know how much that must have pissed people off to have somebody show up with pink bows like they weren't. Like, you, you, you did that to raise money for awareness and charity. Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah. But it's also a good strategy to like. But, act like hey, but Michelle, Michelle remembered. It was like, oh, Andrew Clayton, pink bows. Yep. I don't do that anymore, I guess, but I don't have any hair. <laughs> but Andrew, we, we don't want to take up all your night, but um, 
of course, I'm going to post your Instagram below, Running Strong Man. I'm going to post your website cool. below so our audience can find you. But thank you for coming. Um, and any last words for, for us? We'll give you the last word. I can't promise I'll compete, but Sebastian is ready to compete to be the strongest. Well, he's he's a dorky, so he's only half, but he still could compete, you know. So you get Maya ready. Uh-oh. If, that, not, if Andrew's not ready, his dog is ready. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right, guys, take care. All right, All right see you guys.